0: You know,
2: go, go. What is going on, belly up sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, here another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. Today, we're going to do another divisional preview in the NFL. We have special guest host Michael Brown on to talk all things AFC East with us. Mike Brown is the host of the Bottoms Up Fins Up podcast which talks all about the Dolphins all the time. He also does the Dream Take for SB Nation's Dream Shake which is another fun Rockets podcast but today we're talking football so without further ado let's dive on in and we are joined by michael brown of i want to name a podcast but i guess there's really several options to find yeah, you michael uh, yeah. there's beer sports whatever there's it's the new ones called fins up i want to hear more about that specifically today obviously and then we connected through uh, the dream share the dream take the dream shakes podcast michael you have had a long day of recording as we sit down here to record yeah. how is it going man it's awesome
3: it's awesome literally man Ah, uh, you know, beer, sports, whatever. We got episode 200 coming up a week from Saturday. It's our final episode ever. Uh, so obviously, you know, we'd love to have you come out and, and, and tell literally everybody that you know to come check us out. One o'clock at Carbach next Saturday, the 20th. Uh, bottoms up, fins up. We recorded uh, episode three tonight. Uh, great time. I do a Dolphins podcast with my dad and I. Uh, which is really cool. I think we're the only father-son podcast team that I know in the game of any podcast. So love that. And then uh, we also did uh, episode 333 of Dream Take slash Harden My Take Tonight. Uh, so <laughs> it's been a good night, man. You I know? <laughs> had a bunch that- of buddies asking me, they're like, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, I'm at home. Leave me alone. I'm going up in my room and I'm going to be podcasting. <laughs> Dicks until whatever, so <laughs> catch you tomorrow. But Thursday, fun day at the house with podcasting. It's great, man. It's uh, it's a dream come true to be able to just talk sports and people actually want to listen to it. It's pretty cool,
2: definitely. And I got to be honest, I connected in because I enjoyed listening to Rocket stuff. You and Jeremy do great work there. Sure, I had man. to ask about you're a Houstonian. This Dolphins thing. This we're gonna preview the AFC East tonight because I needed some help with the AFC East, and I was like, who do I know that's a Dolphins fan? I got
3: one. (laughs) Where did this come from? So my dad's actually from Hollywood, Florida. Uh, So his great grandparents were a part of the original 10 Jewish settlers in the state of Florida, uh, the Brown family. So he grew up in Hollywood, Florida, lived five minutes from the old orange bowl where the dolphins used to play family got moved here when he was 17 lived here ever since when the Texans came here in 'O two. He said, you got two choices. You can either be a Dolphins fan or a Texans fan. I said, I've been a Dolphins fan for the first 12 years. I may as well do it. I don't know if I've made the right choice at this point because my entire life has been dominated by Tom Brady and company. So, like, I'm on the fence about it. I think I lean Dolphins, though. The better jerseys, 1972, undefeated season. Dan Marino is my favorite player. Him and Akeem Olajuwon are the goats in my mind. And Case Keenum, but that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> different
2: type of goat, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, like if Case Keenum ever goes to the Miami Dolphins, I would buy every jersey, like bar none. Even like the jersey T-shirts that they would sell, I'd buy it. Like, oh, color combo, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, here's my here's my paycheck, just take it. Uh, but no, man, I've been a fan, I mean, literally my whole life. You know, I've uh, Ricky Williams, Chris Chambers, Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, the bad years with Sperano choosing Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees, Nick Saban hate him forever. <laughs> One in fifteen, ruining my life, uh, Dolphins' life, I should say. So yeah, man, I've been diehard since came into the came in to the that's, world. That's
2: fascinating. So what's interesting there is that like it's two franchises that have like since two thousand and two really kind of like they've had players right like houston had andre johnson right jj watt uh, miami you mentioned ricky williams just they had they've had players yeah. but neither one has had very much team success we're going to get to the dolphins in a moment i i think that they're they're in a good spot right now honestly like i i mentioned here what you have to say i'm actually gonna start at the top of the division though if that's okay or from that's a year ago top of the division
3: that's fine
2: um we grade things here at FN Sports. We're going to try and predict the grades of the division in the upcoming season. And we're going to start with the team that got the highest grade a year ago, uh, the Buffalo Bills. Michael, what would you predict their end-of-season grades going to be this year?
3: A-minus. I mean, they're good. I mean, they're, they're, they're as good as they were. They lost some defensive guys. I know they lost Hyde in the secondary. They still have got Josh Allen. You still have Stephon Diggs. You know, they, they lost Cole Beasley. I think they're going to miss Beasley in the slot a lot more than people are giving them credit for. Uh, that was a, a target for Josh Allen that they're going to miss. They're the goat of the division until they're the goat no more. Someone's going to have to push them off of the hill. I think Miami has the best shot at dethroning them or de-goating them. I don't know if that's a, a term, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna file for a patent on that one tomorrow. You know, I, I like John, I love I'm in between like and love with Alan because you saw last year what the guy can do in a shootout. I mean, the guy's a is a stud. Uh, but if I had to just give a simple grade before we get into why, I give them an A minus. I'm not gonna give them an A plus because I don't think they're gonna be able to replicate the success that they had last year, but I think they're gonna get pretty close. So we
2: mentioned Diggs, and obviously we're going to talk a lot about Josh Allen. The whole team changed to me when Diggs showed up. It's simultaneously like, like Allen was getting more mature as a player as Diggs shows up, and that obviously helps every quarterback. Um, I I wonder – so, like, it looked like to me before, Diggs took over a double coverage type of spot, which helped out a Beasley, helped out a whatever. I don't know who's – like, they have Tavon Austin on the roster. Like, is that is that going to be who, like – you know, blossoms and benefits all of a sudden from the double on digs or, or what happens there. We got to talk Josh Allen though, right? Like Josh Allen is young. He it felt like he got screwed in the playoffs last year and they changed the rule to help him. <laughs> so, so you gave him an a minus and hinted at Josh Allen being part of the reason why, what, what are you thinking?
3: He's a good look, man. He he's, he's very, very good. Is he great? No, I reserve the term great for guys, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, like he's he's Patrick Mahomes. He's right below that class. He's knocking on that door. He could bust it down this year. The Bills could go to the Super Bowl. They have all the talent in the world to go to the Super Bowl. The, the tight end position scares me a little bit. I know they've got Knox. I like Knox. The wide receiver position outside of Diggs, you know, what is there? I don't know if there's enough consistent play there right now for me to go all in on Buffalo going to the Super Bowl I think the AFC is open this year I think it's open for business I think Kansas City losing Tyree Kill hurts (laughs) Miami Dolphins um (laughs) you know the can Vegas put it together with Devontae Adams you know Buffalo's right there uh Cleveland depending on what happens with Deshaun Watson uh, you know, Denver. Is Denver is that defense is good enough to take them deep into the playoffs? Is Russell Wilson that missing piece? Buffalo, it, it's it's all about Allen. Can Allen replicate what he did last year? I think he's gonna get close. It's so hard to duplicate success in this league because there's so much film, there's so much information now, more than ever, that teams can look at and they can say, Oh, Josh Allen did this last year. Go watch the that that shootout that they had with Kansas City. How many of those? plays for guys just wide open you know I, I can think the play with I think it was 37 seconds left I forgot who he hit but the guy there was nobody within 35 yards of him you think teams are going to give that up a second year in a row I think it's going to be difficult so you know I think it's all about Allen it's all about that defense great team uh the ceiling is the Super Bowl I think the floor they're going to be a wild card team at worst is what I believe
2: so it's really not a bad floor for like, it just objectively say like, yeah. I think people in Buffalo might be disappointed if they made the wild card, but like, yeah. that's not awful. You mentioned the defense. I'd be remiss to not mention that Von Miller showed up to the defense this off season.
3: Yep.
2: Um, you could argue he's ring chasing. He left to uh, Denver to get to LA, got himself one. He's showing up in Buffalo. It makes its own kind of statement in a lot of ways. They got Ed Oliver on the line as well. You're a Houston guy, Houston guy, Ed Oliver. Um. What what do you see out of the defense? Is it just the front seven or, or what's going on with that defense?
3: Well, I mean, you've got what on the corner? You got was it Tradavius White, you know, at, at the corner spot? That defensive line is gonna maul. They've got a great linebacker play, uh, Tremaine Edmonds at the at the linebacker spot that scares me. I would have I wish Miami would have taken him a couple of years ago uh in the draft. The defense is stacked from top to bottom, you know. It, it's, it's hard to find a hole on this team. You know, they drafted uh, – what's his name's brother? Uh, his name eludes me. I think they took him in the second round. Uh, Two hours later. God, it's going to kill me. The starting running back for, uh, for the Vikings. Dalvin Cook. They got Dalvin Cook's brother. But keeping it on the defensive side, I, if I had to grade between who's going to grade out better between the, the Bills' offense and the Bills' defense, scarily enough i'm gonna go the defense i think the defense has a higher ceiling than the offense does because of the questions at the tight end position that i have personally maybe not a lot of other people have but at the tight end spot i like what they have at running back i don't love but i love what they have on all three levels of that defense grading it out i would give a straight a to that defense
2: definitely definitely um not to not to move on but too fast but it does sound like you think if their floor is a wild card they are a playoff team barring something catastrophic happening i think so um and and that that's impressive in and of itself the the team i think that we have to touch on next is your miami dolphins because you mentioned they feel like the team that could dethrone if someone's going to dethrone buffalo they made offseason pickups in the coaching staff that are worth talking about but the biggest name in town now not just because he has his own podcast is Tyree Kill right uh Tyree Kill for whatever you think about him we saw what he did in Kansas City with both Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes you saw all the offseason stuff you've got your Dolphins jersey on what grade are you hoping to give them at the end of the season
3: B plus A B plus. So which which would be a step forward in the right direction. (laughs) (laughs) Monumentally. Uh, from I haven't missed a game in three years. You know, I watch every game. Shout out to Hooters. Uh, they always put the Dolphins game on for us. We may try something different this year. Uh, but no, B plus is is where I think they end up.
2: So let's walk through this. B plus they had, I mean, they tanked for Tua and got him. They got this super innovative coach. Uh, I want, I'm going to want to talk some about Jalen Waddle too. I, and then they make the big signing in Tyreek Hill. The offense alone, this is not a fantasy podcast, but a fantasy person might say, hey, that's a lot of weapons. They, they're going to be really, really good. You're, I don't want to say bullish, but more hesitant. Why is that?
3: Um. Well, I mean, you got to prove it, man. And don't forget, you know, Teron Armstead, they signed the big offensive, you know, lineman. The tackle out of uh, New Orleans that they got, they signed Raheem Mosert out of uh, San Francisco, who by far has some of the best speed at the running back position the Dolphins have had in quite a long time. They signed Chase Edmonds. You know, you look at the the running game alone from last year, who featured Selvin Ahmad, Miles Gaskin, and Malcolm Brown. No offense to any one of those three guys, but you bring in a guy like Sony Michelle that they also signed from the Rams, Moser and Edmonds. Yeah. I'm going to take this year's, I mean, last year, if again, you know, here to give out grades that the running game last year was, was an F plus I would give it uh, because it was, it was hard to watch. I mean, you could throw a nickel down the street to a couple of high school stadiums and find a better planned running game than what Miami had in their game plan last year. So, you know, you look at that, you look at Teron Armstead, massive pickup on the offensive line, Connor Williams, guard from the Cowboys that they signed, that they've moved to center that has struggled a little bit moving to the new position, but it makes sense why he's struggling. I think he's only going to get better. Uh, Tyree kill. Look, man, it let's, let's put all of our our chips on the table. There was an incident that happened in Kansas city that put him out of favor with me until he became a dolphin. And I acknowledge that incident. And I do, I, I think it's off the field. I think it's a terrible look for anybody to have that go on in their personal life. I think it's a disgusting event that took place. However, I, I like to live a life of I've made mistakes. Everybody's made mistakes. Everybody deserves a second chance in my eyes. Tyreek Hill has made the most of it in his time as a Miami Dolphin. He's done nothing but come in, applaud Tua as the most accurate quarterback in the league ahead of Mahomes. I think he's wrong when he says that, but I know what he's doing. He's building his guy up, man. He's, he's putting himself out there to take all the weight on his shoulders. Go look at videos of what this guy has done in Miami on the field. All he's done is ball out. He made a one-handed grab today that was sports sexy, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, my God, like, this guy's on our team. Are you kidding me? You know, there's a cool video that people should go look at. You know, he bought his parents their dream cars last week. Like, everything he's done since becoming a Dolphin is just awesome to me. So happy he's in Miami. Mike McDaniel wearing Yeezys to practice. I think he's the next Sean McVay. You know, between those four pickups, the Dolphins are going to grade out very well this year. I think they're going to have a phenomenal season.
2: So, we mentioned all of the stuff around it. Tua is – The guy they wanted. He's heading into year. What is this? Three, right? Two or three? Uh, Yeah, you're three. And so, if you're looking at Tua theoretically, like this is the time, right? Like, like it it, for a young quarterback with his kind of resume and and everything coming in the league. This should be the time. What are you? I mean, Tua's got the weapons and theoretically would have the play calling and all that. What are you looking for out
3: of Tua this year? Okay. So I'm so happy you asked this question. So happy you asked this question. Okay. Can you name me before I answer your question? I'm going to answer your question with a question: Who is the best weapon that Tua has had in his first two years as a Miami Dolphin?
2: Honestly, yeah. maybe my own bias coming in, I'm going to go Jalen Waddle.
3: Like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sure. And Jalen Waddle had a fantastic year last year. And you're right, yeah. but we're talking about a guy who's had one year in the league. It's Devonte Parker. Mike Gusecki, they've never given him a running game. They've never given him a viable offensive line. Tua, this is Tua I'm talking about. Documented, they had a head coach in Brian Flores who hated him, told him all the time, I don't want you here. He's noted as saying after the Tennessee Titans game that he did not want Tua in Miami. Brian Flores had to go, right? Everybody started talking so glowingly about Josh Allen. Consequently, in his third year in Buffalo, You know what happened in the third year in Buffalo? The Bills went out and got Stephon Diggs. Well, in his third year in Miami, the Dolphins go out and get him Tyreek Hill. They've got Jalen Waddell. They've given him now a viable offensive line, I would call it, with second-year Liam Eikenberg of Notre Dame, Connor Williams, uh, Teron Armstead. Like guys now who that offensive line is going to look so different. Don't forget about We didn't even talk about Cedric Wilson, who they signed out of uh, Dallas. They drafted this uh, Eric Azuka guy out of Texas Tech, who has looked nothing but spectacular in, uh, in camp so far. On the defensive side, they add to an already really good top 10 defense, Melvin Ingram that they signed and brought in, extended uh, Jerome Baker. You've got Xavier Howard, second year Javon Holland, who I think is going to be an all-pro type of guy. I say all of those things because Tua Tungavailoa is going to have a very good season grade the season. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give him an a minus. I think the dude is going to ball this year because they've now built an offense. Look at the San Francisco style offense that Mike McDaniel ran eerily similar game managers and Jimmy Garoppolo and two and good offensive line play that they much better offensive line play in San Francisco. But I think it's going to look similar in Miami, Debo Samuel, Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. Um, Good tight end play where they have uh uh his name alludes uh George Kittle. They have George Kittle. We have Mike Goseki. You know that's what I'm envisioning, man. I think it's going to be a big year for Tua. It's a prove it year for Tua. Because if he doesn't do it, he's gonna be gone and they're gonna move on.
2: Well, and depending on how poorly things go, what I think is interesting about this year is the young quarterbacks that are in like prove-it situations this year is they're kind of literally playing for. The right to not be replaced because there's a number of guys that could replace them in the upcoming draft, right? Like, uh, like theoretically, right. if if it just hit the fan and it just wasn't working, they could make some moves and go get. There's a handful whether it's Stroud or Bryce Young or whomever in the upcoming draft, right? And so Tua really does have to prove it. I love that for Tyree kale is being like he's the guy whether or not he actually thinks that is one thing, but he has to say that. And he's out there openly saying it in front of everyone.
3: Well, that's the thing. He doesn't have to say it. Like that's, I think that's a sticking point for a lot of people is he's putting himself out there when he does not have to, you know, Devonte Adams is not out there banging down the door of what I feel like is a very mediocre quarterback and Derek Carr. There's nothing about Derek Carr to me that screams, Oh my goodness. Like greatest quarterback ever. Devonte Adams is not out there saying these types of things with his new quarterback. You know, to, you know, Tyreek Hill is. He's putting himself on this hill. No pun intended. <laughs> you know, he's putting himself out there. The guy is just so electrically good at football. And you put him and Waddle on the same team? Woo! <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah.
2: I, I enjoy the Waddle experience a lot. Um, and, and not just because he's, he, he's an electric football player. Before they got Hill, I was envisioning him doing some of the running back stuff that they did with Debo and, yep. and all of that. And so I don't know Bingo. if you do with Hill or Waddle now, or, but you've got plenty of options, which is nice.
3: You get your speed, man. And that's the thing is I, I haven't been this optimistic. I don't know if you can tell, but I've, I've never been this optimistic about a Dolphin season in a while. You know, And the craziest part is, a lot of people don't talk about this, since they drafted Marino in the first round back in the early 80s, the Miami Dolphins, before Tua, took a quarterback in the first round of the NFL draft one time, and that was Ryan Tannehill. Like, think about that. Like, since Dan Marino, they've taken a quarterback in the first round now twice. I think there's a lot to like about Tua. He's, like, the nicest guy in the world. Like, I would love to have a beer with Tua Tungavailoa. I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he is the guy. I know if he doesn't do it this year, he's out. But I'm honestly truly cheering for the guy. People who don't watch Dolphins Twitter like I do every single day don't know a lot about him, I feel like. If you hear him talk, nice, humble guy, just got married, wants to be a family man, very close with his family. They've all moved out to the East Coast to be close to his brother who's a starting quarterback, I believe, from Maryland. Like there, It's a close-knit family, nice guy. Like You don't see guys like that in professional sports in today's day and age, very often. And I'm rooting for him, man. And I hope he does very well this year.
2: No. And I think he's got all the tools. Uh, We're mentioning a young talking a lot about a young quarterback in Miami across the division. You've got a handful of young quarterbacks. We're going to jump now uh, to the new England Patriots and their young quarterback from last year. What I I don't want to say surprise people because people did kind of write about it beforehand. It's like, be careful about this guy. But certainly in watching Mac Jones at Alabama, I would not have predicted it was actually going to work out like it all has outside of the fact that Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, give me your assume. What what grade do you think the new England Patriots are going to get at the end of the season this year? C minus. All right. Now this is a franchise that's not used to C's. So
3: you're going to have to, what's going on in new England. C's do get degrees. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't know that about firsthand, but look, man, I, I think the big missing key to new England is the lack of receivers that they, they employ right now. You know, they get Devonte Parker every report out of new England right now is the offense looks like a mess. Now, is that by design? Maybe, maybe not like Belichick is, the, is the goat, right? And we're not going to, God, I've used the term goat tonight, like six times. I'm going to stop. <laughs> um, you know, Belichick is without question, the most successful head coach, of, I mean, my lifetime in the NFL. I mean, it's hard to, to go against that number of titles, right? You know, rings speak a lot in my mind. The thing is, you can't hide what Mac Jones was last year. Mac Jones is average. Mac Jones is Matt Hasselbeck.
0: Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non invasive, non surgical, and drug free. Start your journey to a pain free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303 292 9992, now in Lowry or downtown.
3: That's who I feel like he is. He's a nice player. He's not going to go out and win you games. Well, look at the rest of that offense right now. That defense is legit. I'm not going to lie about that defense. That defense in New England is going to be very, very good. But the offense is going to struggle mightily. Devontae Parker, in the, you know, out of 16 games as a Dolphin, he's healthy for like four or five games. You take Devontae Parker out of that offense this year, they're going to struggle even more. I, I don't see a, a route to where this team where that team can score more than 21 to 24 points in a game. If a team scores 28 to 35, that game is over. New England's not going to win that game. I think New England is a seven and 10 team this year. I really do an eight, you know, an eight and nine, seven and 10 type of team. I think the dolphins and the bills are the class of the division. I think new England struggles, you know, I think a C minus to a C plus like somewhere in that three, you know, C minus C, C plus, C-. but I'm going to bet on a C minus. I think this is going to be one of the worst years of bill Belichick. We've seen in quite a while. I think they're going to miss Josh McDaniels a lot. I think a lot more than they give it credit for McDaniels was the guy between Brady and, and you know, Belichick is a is a defensive minded coach. McDaniels looked Mac, made Mac Jones look better than he actually was last year. The way I see it,
2: I think that's all very fair. I think it's funny you point out like how poor the receiving room is. To like echo that point, they have Devontae Parker, and then whoever you want to put at second on this receiver chart is either Nelson Agholor or Little Jordan Humphrey. <laughs> like yeah, like I mean, like. Devonte Parker is not going to play a whole lot of games. It just that's the way his body's built. And I don't know who's number one after that. It's it's a scary, scary sight. I think their defense is going to have to carry them to around 500. I know you can't go exactly 500 anymore. Um, and then I just have faith in Bill. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. we'll see how that shakes out. But um, I for a franchise that's not used to getting C's, I wonder if big shifts happen after, if they have a C kind of season, C-minus kind of season, if big shifts kind of come after you're saying seven and nine or yeah. uh, sorry, seven and 10, eight and nine. Um, And that would be, that'd be big for them.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think so. It's, I, I think there's a changing of the guard in the NFL, which I like, I, I think it's time. I think Belichick, he's probably got three years maybe left. I, I think he's done in, in a year to three years. Like, I think that, I think it would be very poetic if Greg Popovich and him retired in the same year. I I think that would be really cool to see because they've carried their sport. I mean, Popovich hasn't carried the sport in a long time, but he's still the best coach, X's and O's coach in the league, not to veer away from the the NFL. But that's, you know, I I think Belichick is is a dinosaur in today's NFL. He doesn't want to go five wide. Like, to, to take it to, you know, Buffalo back to Buffalo and Miami, I should say. Those are two coaching staffs that are willing to adapt with the personnel that they have like they can adapt like if the Dolphins want to go five wide they can do it if Buffalo wants to go you know four wide if they want to go you know a tight end in the backfield like they can do that Belichick doesn't want to do that Belichick wants to be very traditional with what he does as much as he wants to fight it and try he's not a trick play guy he's not a you know he's not a rah rah. let's try different things type of guy he's going to do what he's going to do that's not working in today's NFL anymore. It's just not. So I, I, I think there's a changing of the guard in New England. Well, and I
2: think that's just, you know, it, all good things come to an end. All right. If there's a, a changing or a shifting of the guard, there's one franchise that really wants it to do a full 180. and <laughs> That's the
1: new yeah, right.
2: <laughs> So they're having second year quarterback, uh, second year under Salah now, right? Um, walk me through... What grade would you give the Jets predicting their end of season?
3: D plus.
2: I mean, not a total uh, shift in the guard.
3: (laughs) No, no, I mean, not, not like a, not like a crazy changing in the guard. Like, look, man, the Jets are the Jets. There's not a franchise, even as a Rockets fan. Like I hate the jazz. There's nobody I hate more than the, than the Jets. Uh, there's nobody that I despise. I hate their fans. I hate their, I hate everything about them. I just do which is, it's fun, man. That's what makes sports fun is, is a hatred like that. I like Salo a lot. You know, he was a, he was a coach here in Houston for a while. Uh, He did a great job in San Francisco before he gets the, the job. That roster is so bad. Zach Wilson. I don't believe in whatsoever. I like what they did in the draft. I think they got some, some real talent. The NFL, I feel like more so than any other sport, maybe baseball, is you can build through the draft, but when you get legitimate talent, that first year is such a different game than it is in, in college. It's going to take those guys a minute, whether it's Garrett Wilson, uh, whether it's uh, – who I think they, they took – who they take? They took uh, Sauce Gardner, uh, and then they got, uh, I believe, a defensive end, I want to say, uh, in the latter part of the first round. But they talked – a D yeah. tackle
2: from AM, uh, Michael Clemens. Yeah.
3: Okay. So they did they did well. Fine, great. It still doesn't take away from the fact that Zach Wilson is a bottom of the league type of guy. Although I would be remiss if I did not applaud him on any podcast that I talk about Zach Wilson for his triumphant offseason and response to it. I don't know if, if you're familiar with his Instagram. Response of like, hey, I heard there was some news. I'm going to go hang out with my boys in the middle of nowhere uh, before camp. It's so legendary. <laughs> like, I, I wish nothing but the best for him. I want his team to go 0-17, but I applaud the young man for for doing his thing this offseason.
2: So what was most surprising about that Zach Wilson story to me was I would have never guessed a guy that looks like that from BYU would have that story follow them around. <laughs> oh, <No>, for sure. <laughs>
3: Oh, oh, 100%. And I know I, I'm guilty of it. They were talking about it this on uh, shout out to Sports Radio 610. But there was like pictures of on Instagram of his mom and like her friends. And they're like breaking down like the likelihood of which friend it was from which photo. And I'm like, Zach Wilson, like, you could win a Super Bowl. This is going to be the most talked about like spot of your career. A, you're never winning a Super Bowl with the Jets. Uh, I hope. <laughs> But no, man, you know, to get back to the grade part of it, look, man, he, that team is just bad. You know, that, that team is just, they took Bryce Hall, who I like a lot, the running back out of Iowa State, which is fine. But Robert Sala, like, my, my thing is, in today's NFL, just looking at it from a broad spectrum, it's so hard to win with a defensive-minded head coach. It's just hard. You know, with guys, you know, Sean McVay, offensive mind. Uh, I'm trying to think. Matt LaFleur was an offensive mind uh, going up to Green Bay. Now, they have Aaron Rodgers. That helps, you know, but implementing an offensive-minded system is so much easier to integrate in today's NFL with how much emphasis is being put on the offensive side of the ball, especially on the college level. It's not so much the defense anymore which sucks. You know, I like a good balanced team like anybody, but offense wins. And I don't feel like Robert Sala. I like Robert Sala a lot. Listen to him talk. The guy's phenomenal. I'd run through a wall for him, but he's going to struggle to score points. Just like they're going to in new England.
2: Well, and the interesting thing is that like they get this great defensive minded coach and every year it feels like there's a new rule that helps the offense. So like, like, at some point you're like, you're fighting an uphill battle there. What's interesting about Wilson to me is I, so I anticipated the game being faster, especially going from BYU and like yep. they're not quite a mid-major, but they're not a Power Five team. And then working, he didn't play Alabama's defense, right? Like those kinds of things, working your way up to pro football. But he still, to me, he was at fifty-five percent completion and negative two on his touchdown interception ratio. And and I guess I just I, I just thought that he'd be a little bit closer to, you know, a little bit better than that on the ratio and maybe closer to 60 on the percent, even, even assuming that it was going to be a lot of dinks and dunks and check downs and that kind of stuff. Cause it's just too fast. And, and he wasn't, I, I will say that I think Garrett Wilson could be a great teammate for him. Um, it just, it's like you mentioned, they're just both young, right? Y'all have Tua, they bring in Tyreek Hill, right? Veteran. You mentioned Josh Allen, they bring in Stefan Diggs veteran. Gary Wilson's going to be great. He's not a veteran. He's he's not going to be able to ch- check out of his route and kind of hook it up the same kind of ways and I I just they're the Jets. Someone's got to lose these games to Miami and New England and or not necessarily New England I guess but and also Buffalo. Like that Yeah. They're going to that's all tough. That's all really uphill.
3: Well, and and there was a reason why the Jets were noted it was down to the cuz I'll never forget where I was when the Tyreek Hill news broke. Because I was working and I get a slew of text messages saying, Hey, it's, I got a buddy, Steve, big Jets fan. uh, Love the guy. And he texted me, He's like, Hey, it's between you and us for Tyreek Hill. I said, That's not funny. Like, don't joke with me about this. (laughs) Like, that's not, I'm not okay because I'm about to just leave what I'm doing at work and just go focus on this. I'm like, Oh my God, we just got Tyreek Hill. It's funny because I feel like it was, it was so close to the Jets being the team that we were talking, that we just talked, you know a bunch about with the Dolphins being that team that's close, you know, Zach Wilson, all of a sudden is going to look like a viable NFL quarterback. My thing with Wilson is Wilson is Johnny Menzel. He's a little bit better than Johnny Menzel, but what made Johnny Menzel great at AM was the gunslinger mentality. Like I'm going to sling this thing all over the yard. We're going to throw the ball 50 times. Wilson's got the better arm, but he still has to have that gunslinger mentality. He's not big enough to, scramble for you know 40 to 70 yards a game he's got to scramble to throw if that makes sense like he's not big he's not Josh Allen where I should rephrase what I just said he's not he's gonna scramble for yards but he's he can't do that for a 17 game season he's not built like that Josh Allen could run for 70 yards a game and he's big enough he'll just run dudes over They need to do a better job. No disrespect to a guy like Braxton Berrios, but there was nothing that infuriated me more as a Dolphins fan than to give up legitimate yards and points to a guy like Braxton Berrios. Like, sorry, like Braxton Berrios was a worse version of Wayne Corbett. There's not a guy that I hate more in the Jets organization than Wayne Corbett. I hated that dude. Hated that dude. But getting back to this year, they would be they're a team that's going to benefit from losing games let's just let's put the, all the cards on the table they lost uh, their big offensive tackle uh, out of Louisville Micah uh, Beckton with the knee injury this week they just signed a, a Dwayne Brown to a two-year deal that actually makes them better like Dwayne Brown is still a legitimate offensive tackle that can play the game he's going to be good for the locker room i actually hated to see the fact that they signed Dwayne Brown because that's going to make them a more respectable team. They're still going to go. I'd say one and five in division play, and they're going to struggle to win games.
2: Well, and so what's interesting is that like they could go four and thirteen, and it is improvement, right? But like it's yeah. still really bad. I, I what I, I chuckled several times and muted myself once when you mentioned that Zach Wilson reminds you of Johnny Manziel after the off-season storyline that Zach Wilson just had. I'm like that's a Johnny Manziel storyline. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, no, it, de- it definitely is. And I saw that story about Zach Wilson, and I'm like, okay, this actually just makes Zach – this made Zach Wilson more likable in my mind, which is scary. Like, that's a scary thought.
2: Yeah, what does it say about the rest of us that were like, oh, I like him more? <laughs>
3: yeah, right? Like, that's the society that we live in now. I'm like, oh, he slept with one of his, his mom's friends? Bro, yes, all right, I five. So, um, yeah, man, but – you're not going to get me to shed a tear. The more games that the jets lose this year. Well, as I look at their schedule,
2: right? So they open with the Ravens. That's an L they play They play the Browns and I guess that they probably won't have the in game two. Um, they might, they're
3: probably going to have Jimmy Garoppolo though. So <laughs> yeah, you know, Jimmy going so to that team. Silly. They're lose. Yeah.
2: Game three, they've got Joe Burrow and the Bengals, uh, yeah, like <laughs> Steelers game four, your Dolphins game five, like the Packers game six, they could be looking at like zero and seven by the time they take on the Broncos. Like, th- there's a real chance. I just look down. They go Broncos, Patriots, Bills. They might be over at their bye week, week ten. Like that. There's a, that's just a really hard way open the year. And then, sir, you play Chicago week twelve. Can they win that game? Maybe. But also, if you're one and nine or like what, like just like do you go out and practice this thing? Do you go out and work this like football is a beat down and it's really hard. And when you're losing every week, it's only harder. Like it's, it's not set up for success at all.
3: It's interesting. You bring that up because if that, first of all, it's a hellacious schedule, but I do applaud the organization because I do feel like they have the right guy in Robert Sala. Robert Sala will not let them rest on their laurels and just, you know, be okay being bad. Like he's going to push those guys. Getting Garrett Wilson, getting a guy like Sauce Gardner, I would have gone Stingley over Gardner, but that's that's just me. You know, the LSU connection versus the Cincinnati connection. But they, they've got the right guy at the helm to lead them through this very tough time in the organization, which, again, you will see me shed zero tears about.
2: <laughs> I, I should probably clarify I don't mean that they're going to like the coaching staff is just like as a player, like absolutely that sore ankle is going to be like, "Ah, I might sit out today. My ankle's sore. It it just, those kinds of things. Um, So I think I know the answer to this question, Michael, after Mm -hmm. hearing your previews, but I gotta, I gotta ask it. Hey, who do you have predict or who you predicting to win the division? (sighs) Man,
3: you know what? I don't want to get a bad rap with your your viewers, your commenters, your listeners. I'd like to be invited back on the show. I don't want to be known as the guy who's the homer and is going to say the Dolphins. (laughs) I genuinely believe it in my heart. I think the Dolphins have a a real shot at winning the division, but I am going to go Buffalo by a half a game.
2: Interesting. All right. Or like so, Dolphins
3: and the Bills tie record-wise, but they have the tiebreaker. Like I yeah. want, I want to I want to have some dignity when I say this and not be the homer. So I am going to go Buffalo, but it, by the skinniest of margins. You know the NFL has to come up with some weird like tiebreaker rule, and it's going to fall in the favor of Buffalo. So I will It'll go. It'll be Buffalo.
2: like point differential within the division, like there'll yes. be something. <laughs> like
3: yeah, like the who? Sports Center. Sports Center is going to have some like. Segment long, like they can't believe this is happening in the NFL. It's incredible, they've never seen it before in the history of the NFL. It lands in the Bills' favor, but it could have gone in the Dolphins' favor. Yeah, Bills.
2: I will say, if it came down to like some weird, like coach trivia contest, I feel like y'all have a nerd in charge, and that's a good thing.
3: (laughs) Like, I imagine, like, I want it to come down to like in Friday night lights, the movie where they have to meet at the truck stop in the middle of nowhere. And it comes down to the coin flip and <laughs> uh, what's his name? You know, Mike McDaniels in there wearing his Yeezys with Tyree kill. And it just comes down. Like we lose on that coin flip. Like I would be okay with that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, and my second question that I'm asking everyone we're doing these previews with, but I think I know your answer is, is it a two playoff team division? I, Absolutely. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's not I a three. Think-
2: th- you don't think it's a three though. That'd be ridiculous. I but,
3: well, you you gotta look at you know the AFC West is so tough. You know the AFC West is just a gauntlet between. I mean, you could have two or three teams come out of there alone. You know, Denver, uh, Kansas City, or or Vegas. You go to the AFC North. You know, I think Baltimore is going to be good. I think uh, Pittsburgh. I think is going to struggle a little bit with a rookie quarterback. Uh, Cincinnati just went to the Super Bowl, obviously. Uh, you've got the – what am I forgetting? Um,
2: the South is probably a one. I w- yeah, like. the, yeah,
3: I would say the AFC South, whoever wins. Tennessee is probably going to win the division in my eyes. Indianapolis I think is going to surprise a lot of people uh, with the play of Matt Ryan. And then you go to the AFC East. And so, you know, I, I think it's a two-team. I'm bullish. I think the Dolphins go back to the Super, to, to the Super Bowl. Uh, to the playoff. I mean, I hope it's a Super Bowl. But I, think, I think I think Miami's got everything you could want on a roster to make a playoff run. If I had to bet, you know, whatever's left in my bank account after booking multiple trips this week, that I would say that they are a playoff team, and I think that they're a one and done team. But I think they they get in. I think they they make a make a run in the playoffs in that first round. They're going to give a team everything that they want with the talent that they have on that roster boring health well and
2: again like it's you we mentioned their speed all up and down it's hard to get ready for that kind of speed until you see it um i it's a tough division you went through the list though the afc is just loaded and that's just the way that goes Uh, michael you're on a bunch of different outlets with a bunch of different content frankly in in all sports and all aspects so tell people where they can find you your stuff and those kinds of things, projects moving forward.
3: Man, my, my man, I appreciate that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BSWpodcast underscore MB. That we will be changing uh, after the show next Saturday. Uh, you can catch me at The Dream Take. Uh, we do multiple shows a week. Uh, we're the only podcast at The Dream Take for The Dream Shake on SB Nation. That we do a show after every single Houston Rockets game. Uh, so you, you can follow us there. We do all of our shows on Spotify Live. Uh, you can catch me uh, weekly every Thursday at seven o'clock over at the Finn's Talk Network. So on Twitter, at Finn's Talk Network. Shout out to Bobby Melendez and team. We are building something phenomenal there. All things, all Miami, all the time. And BSW uh, or Beer Sports, whatever. Uh, we've got three shows left over the next couple of weeks. You can follow those shows on my Twitter feed.
2: Perfect. And the Dolphins thing is fun and new. It's sad to see the old one go, but like this, we caught you this cool transition moment, Michael. I'm glad we got you.
3: <laughs> I appreciate that, man. It's uh, they found us. Uh, you know, the only father son podcast, uh, and we still get to incorporate the beer part of it. Uh, we've got some really cool shows planned. I'll be in Miami for a game. Uh, I'll be in Baltimore next month. I'll be in Chicago. I'll be in Detroit doing shows for the Fins Talk Network for Bottoms Up Fins Up from breweries in those cities uh so we're giving uh Dolph fans some pretty cool content that you can only catch at the finstock network
2: i love it I love. It. well thank you for coming on today michael uh again that's at currently it's at bsw underscore mb keep you know keep tabs on to see how things are shifting because so much is happening but thanks for coming on again man
3: my man it was a pleasure uh look forward to coming back uh soon
4: okay parker so the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement?
2: Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis?
4: So, I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So, maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But, you're talking to a <laughs> couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So, check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make bombs, they even have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh.
2: I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, (laughs) it helps keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use
4: All right. So
2: do you feel like you have a better grip on what's going to happen in the AFC East this year? Shout outs to Mike Brown for helping us out tonight. Again, his Twitter handle is at BSW Podcast underscore MB. That's at BSW Podcast underscore MB. That's spirit Sports, whatever the first podcast he started up. He does Bottoms Up, Fins Up, a Dolphins podcast all the time, and The Dream Take for SB Nations, The Dream Shake. Thanks again. Michael. If you want to follow this show on social media, we're at F underscore N underscore sports on Instagram. That's at F underscore N underscore sports on Instagram. And on Twitter, we're at FN sports too. It's F-I-N-S-P-O-R-T-S number two, all one word on Twitter. You can find all the good sponsors to the show. That's The Beard Struggle, that's Yeti, and the clutch.com You can find all those things through the link tree in the links in the bios on both those social media handles. From that link tree, you'll be able to find all the episodes, those sponsors, And our merch store. Our merch store has different t-shirts, caps, hoodies, tank tops, a couple of mugs, all of which send profits to charitable causes. So make sure you check that out, grab some swag, and help out some people that need your help. If you're looking for me and my personal stuff on Twitter and Instagram, they're both at Painsworth512, it's at P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter, and Instagram. I'm typically sharing things that I'm recording on, sharing things I'm writing, sharing things I'm finding, sharing things like losses on sneakers app, Uh, Talk about the Texas Longhorns, Houston Rockets. We're going into the fall, so I'll be talking Dallas Cowboys and Houston Texans, a lot of different things. So make sure you go check me out. It's at Painsworth512 on Twitter and Instagram, P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H 512 on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to support the show for free, you can make sure you hit Like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, give us a positive view, do all the wonderful things to help with the podcast and whatever you do when it comes to sports. Don't flunk with us. Later, guys.
0: You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
1: you